Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is a special episode today on July 4th of 2021, where we want to honor and remember our great nation of America, those of us that live in this country. And what I thought I would do today is share a message with you that was taped three years ago. It was a live class that I taught in 2018 for July the 4th. So some of the information listed there, including the president, which was the 45th president at that time, is outdated. However, the core of the message is still relevant and even more so today. So I believe that there's still nuggets of truth and blessing that everyone can glean from this. And I pray that we will take it to heart. And I have let it play through. I included a couple of prayers at the end, as I said, that were dated for that time and that particular season. However, much even included in the prayers is still applicable today. And I had prayed, and then one of the elders at our church had closed us out in prayer as well. So I believe that the, this will be a blessing for you, and I pray that God will bless you through it, and God will speak to you and help you to understand where your place is in our land or even in your own country. It may be that this could be a blessing to you even if you live in another country because there is an onslaught today of evil around the world and we need to be warriors on our knees. We don't fight with weapons that are, you know, guns and knives and rioting and all of those violent things. There's none of that. There should be none of that. But we believe in fighting on our knees in prayer and in righteous acts that are legal and according to what God will call us to do and we are able to do. So we trust all of that into the hand of the Lord. But I pray that this sharing this with you today will be a special July 4th treasure for you. And I commend it to the Lord for his purposes in Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. This week, I want to go in a little bit different direction today because this week we celebrate our nation's Independence Day on July the 4th. And so I want to give us a little bit of a special lesson today, something that the Lord put in my heart for a need um, that we're going to address here in a little bit. So we're going to be starting out in the book of Esther with a very familiar passage. But, you know, July 4th is where we celebrate our nation's independence from tyrannical government and our freedoms. And I want to read you a few things that I found in preparation for this lesson before I get into the scriptures. Because it's very important for us to understand where we stand today. We celebrated um, our freedom based on July 4th of 1776. Now, 242 years later, in 2018, our nation's freedoms and heritage is under severe attack. Let's go back and talk a little bit about our history first 
as we move up to the present and where we need to be today. America was founded originally from even, it was birthed even out of persecutions that arose in Spain and Portugal that drove Christopher Columbus, and some believe him to be a Jew. I don't know that that's ever been proven, but it drove some Jews away from that land. And he believed that God put in his heart to come west and that God had something special. He had no clue what it was and what it came to be. And then we had the pilgrims, the Puritans, and all of those other founders, and they sought religious freedom and to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they arrived, they dedicated our land to God. The colonists in 1607 at Jamestown, Virginia, on April the 29th, set up a cross on the new land, and Reverend Hunt, the pastor of that group, said a prayer of dedication and, and a prayer of God's blessing and, and favor over this land. This place became known as Cape Henry. It was a Christian nation that was born at that time on those shores. America's foundation is built on a Judeo-Christian ethic. And you know, in one of the Psalms it talks about, it says, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And the very foundation of our land is under attack today, seriously, like never before. We've never seen this demonic onslaught like we're seeing now. There was an article on CBN.com that talked about this drama at Cape Henry and how he says that it unfolded that day, this drama that was to be the United States, and it sparked the legacy of godliness on American shores. America's destiny and purpose were sealed with that cross at Cape Henry. All that would follow in our nation's growth hinged on the single proclamation that this land belonged to Jesus Christ. Later, the Puritans deepened this understanding by proclaiming from the Mayflower Compact that their journey's purpose was to be a city set on a hill and that they really came as missionaries. They wanted to promulgate the gospel of Jesus Christ to the uttermost ends of the earth when they came to this land and to the Native American Indians. Peter Marshall, who's a leading historian and author, he says this, the city set on a hill idea is the heart and core of what America's been about since day one. And he points out further that our purpose was that our light would shine to one another and to the world so much so that we are, would be an example of godliness that the world could see. How far has America fallen from that lofty goal? CBN goes on, and they say some other things, and I want to quote you this one from John Adams of the Revolution. He says, before God, I believe the hour has come 
My judgment, talking about the revolution, he says, my judgment approves this measure and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. And I leave off as I began that live or die, survive or perish. I am for the declaration. It is my living testament. And by the blessing of God, it shall be my dying sentiment. Independence now and independence forever. That was from John Adams speaking about the revolution. I wanted to read these to set the stage for where we're going today and a special prayer time that we're going to have. So right now, we see that our nation, founded on Judeo-Christian heritage, is under attack. And when we go way back in the scriptures, we see another nation whose entire existence was under attack. I want you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Esther chapter 3. And I'm going to read a little bit in Esther 3 and in Esther 4. In Esther chapter 3, I want to read verses 1 through 6. After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seal above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gates bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Then the king's servants who were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily and he would not listen to them, that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand, for Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage, Haman was filled with wrath. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. So we know that this is the Jews that that Haman was seeking to destroy. This attack still is ongoing with the people of Israel to this very day. There is a spirit of Haman. Now, I don't know if there's any connection or not, but it's interesting to me that one of the major enemies that Israel faces every single day is called Hamas. One letter difference. Now, I don't know if there's anything to that or not, But I find it pretty interesting. Haman set in place a plan to destroy the godly people, the godly heritage, and anybody that would influence from that perspective in his land. When this plot became known to a godly person, it required action. God had a plan, but God just wasn't going to drop it in their lap. There had to be some action To get involved, the people had to get involved. So now let's read Esther chapter 4. And I'm going to read several verses here. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. 
And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. I can understand that. Decree has gone out to kill all of your people. I mean, what if there was a decree from the governor or somebody in the highest office up there, kill all the Christians? There ought to be some weeping and wailing. There ought to be some crying. There ought to be some action on our part for sure. Let's drop down and read um, in verse 7. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him. And the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasury to destroy the Jews. So he goes through and he tells this eunuch that's going to go and see Esther. And he tells them all about it. And then Esther sends back word. And then it says in verse 10, Then Esther spoke to Hatheth and gave him a command for Mordecai. And then he goes on and he says, This is what I want you to tell him. So Mordecai comes back after he's heard Esther's first message. And in verse 13, it says this, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, Esther has to, um, to make a choice here. Mordecai goes to her. He tells her what the situation is, and she has to make a choice as to what she's going to do about it. It required action. She sought an answer, and God began to give that to her. But it required some serious action on her part. She had to go into a season of fasting and prayer. Jesus taught us that some things only come through fasting and prayer. This action had to be taken seriously because it was very risky. She could have been destroyed immediately. She could have been killed immediately. And she knew it. So it was a very serious thing for her. So she called for this prayer and these fasting. And we do know the rest of the story. We know she went into the king and, um, and God gave her a plan. And I was reading back through this this week and I was just, I was just amazed at how, uh, how much of an on-time God he is. He gives her this plan and, and she has this banquet. Well, if she had acted the same way the first day of the banquet, it would not have turned out the same way. God had something in between those two days of a banquet that he wanted to step in and do. So she calls them to this banquet the first day, the king and Haman. And then they leave, you know, and she hadn't, she hadn't said anymore. I mean, I can imagine her going, okay, God, what's the plan? What's the plan? I did what you told me, but it sure didn't seem like it worked out. Where are we going next? So, you know, maybe, maybe God says, well, just tell them to come back tomorrow. <laughs> so she tells them, come back tomorrow. But in the meantime, there's a God in heaven who keeps king awake. Insomnia. Heaven-inspired insomnia. And he gets up and he starts reading in his annals. And he finds out about a man named Mordecai that saved his life, saved his kingdom, 
And he says, has anything ever been done to honor this man? And they said, no. And of course, all the while, Haman, on the other hand, is thinking, hot dog, I'm the only one that gets to go with the king again tomorrow to Queen Esther's banquet. I tell you what, you know, and he's still stewing over this man named Mordecai. And so he says, what can I do? What can I do? Oh, I know what I'll do. In the morning, I'll go and I'll tell the king about this man named Mordecai and we'll hang him, you know. And so he builds these 75 feet tall gallows to hang Mordecai on. So here comes Haman in the morning. And the king says, Haman, what did they ever do? You know, what do I need to do to this one that I want to really honor for service to me? And so Haman comes through with all this stuff, you know, this big shot stuff, you know. And then, of course, it turns out, and he says, hey, go, take my robe, take my, take my horse, do exactly what you just said, and go get Mordecai the Jew. I can imagine Haman having to go through there going, hail to the one who served the king. You know, I can just imagine he's trying to do it through gritted teeth. He can't stand it that he's having to honor Haman. But he did it because he had to do it. And so then they go to the, the banquet. And, of course, you know the rest of the story. It had, um, the king finds out that it was Haman that has purported this, and God delivers them. But it was risky, and it required action on Esther's part. She had to stand in the gap for her people. She had to go to the king on behalf of her people. The Jews still celebrate this every single year in the Feast of Purim every spring. And they read the scroll of Esther at this feast. It's, it's a whole celebration. It's a fun thing. They, they do all kinds of drama with it. But there's application for us that I want to bring out today. There is a rising anti-Christian sentiment today in America the land that was built on Christ and a Christian foundation. There is literally a demonic onslaught against our Christian heritage. They are trying to destroy the very foundation upon which we were founded. And President Trump and his administration and the leaders in Washington are in the direct line of fire. Now, President Trump's not perfect, I wouldn't vote for him for pastor of any church. He's not qualified. But he is our president. And I absolutely am convinced that God stepped in, intervened in that election, drew people out to support him, and put him in that office. And I, I wondered one time, I was like, because I remember Rhonda and I talking about this, Brother Kenny. Ron and I were talking about it one time before. You know, we were both, when there was this whole line of 16 or 17 of them, we were like, anybody but Trump. <laughs> I mean, that's how we felt at that time. And yet we didn't see what God saw. I believe that there was not a one of the other ones that could have withstood the onslaught that that man is having to endure to do what is right. They would have caved. They would have caved. And he is standing there trying to do the right thing. And we have got to be supportive when he is doing right. So the president is standing for what is right in many cases. My understanding is that he is seeking prayer and wisdom from Almighty God. Now what a joy 
to have a president of the United States seeking prayer and wisdom from the living God, not from some demon or false god. He is surrounding himself with godly men and women who have his ear. What more can we ask for? They have Bible studies every week in the White House. In the White House. Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, Vice President Pence, and other godly women in council surrounding him and speaking into his ear. Our responsibility is to pray for him regularly and surround him like a wall around him and our nation. Ezekiel 22.30 is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. In that verse, God says, God says, I sought for one person who would stand in the gap and build a wall that I would not destroy the land, but I found none. That's one of the saddest verses I've ever found in the Bible, Ezekiel 22.30. It gives us an impetus for the church today. I guarantee you, when God is in the heavens and he is looking for someone to stand in the gap and build a wall on behalf of our land and on behalf of what he wants to do in this land so that it can be accomplished I don't want him to have the testimony of me that I did not find you doing it. We got to take our responsibility seriously as intercessors. There is a demonic assault at every turn. President Trump couldn't do anything right. If he cured cancer, they'd say he didn't do it soon enough. I mean, they'd come up with something. He can't do anything right for some of them. And we have got to support him with our prayers so that God can accomplish what he wants to do. God put him in that place. God had a purpose for doing that. And one of the main reasons, I believe, is to bless Israel. Now, the latest threat, every week it's a new one. (laughs) The latest one is over the Supreme Court justice. Now, let me tell you something about that. On June 19th, Mike Pompeo and Ambassador Haley came out, had a, held a press conference, and they decreed then that we were pulling out of the United Nations Human Rights Council because of its abuses. And one of the main things that they listed was its continued anti-Israel bias. Now, let me tell you what they just did. They stood for justice... Hear me, they stood for justice for Israel. Ten days later, now let me tell you this first before I get to that. When that happened, I have gotten to where now, when they do anything that is pro-Israel, when they make any bold statement on the world stage on behalf of Israel and their people, this is my response every single time. Okay, God, what are you going to do now to bless America? I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it because God promised it. He said every time you bless my people in whatever way you bless them, I'm going to turn it back and bless it back on you. 
They stood for justice for Israel. Guess what God did? He opened up a Supreme Court what? Justice position in remembrance, not just of his covenant with us, but to bless our generations to come. Whoever this person is will be there for 40 to 50 years. I could, if the Lord tarries, I'll be long gone. But my children and my grandchildren will still be here. Now you tell me that the onslaught is already in motion. And they don't even know who it is yet. And they're tearing him up or her up. I mean, it's unreal. It is absolute. It's demonic. That's what it is. It's demonic. It's coming from a, a, a threat. The dark kingdom is on, on high alert. And they are active because there's a threat looming. And they know it. Now, we got to get serious. It's time for Christians in America to recognize that we are in a fight for our land. Our fight is not taken to the streets. We don't go and be violent. We are not militant. We don't go and, and destroy property and tear down walls and break windows and do all this other garbage that people are doing. That's not where our fight is. Our fight is on our knees. Today is also called to Fall Sunday all around the land. Christians are being called on to pray, to repent, to fall on our knees and pray and repent before God on behalf of our land and to pray. And we got to get serious, folks. It's time for us to get suited up. It's time for us to get suited up and get in our prayer closets every day. And you get a, a cold at the heart of God and you let him lead you in how to pray. And you'll end up spending an hour, hour and a half there and not even realize it by the time you're done. It's time for us to get suited up and get in the war because we are in a war for our land. Just like there was a war and if Esther and the people had not risen up, they could have been destroyed. That was the risk. The foundations of our great land are under attack and are seeking to be destroyed. It is time for the Christians. God put the responsibility on his people for the land. Not on anybody else. He said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, if my people rise up, stand in the gap and build a wall for their land, I will hear for heaven. He, he gave those four commandments in there. So we got a serious battle going on. And the latest threat is this Supreme Court justice. Now I want us to, to spend some time here in just a few minutes in prayer. Because it's serious business and we need to get on our knees before God. The, you know, in Esther, when she had to go before the king, she was afraid. She didn't know how her king was going to respond. She didn't know for certain. She had no guarantee that he was going to extend the scepter. You listen to me, church. We don't have to fear our God. We don't have to fear the king that we approach. He said in Hebrews 4, 16, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and grace to help in your time of need. We are invited to come boldly.
And when we get there and God gives us that provision, you be like a bulldog with a stake in your mouth and you don't let go of it. And you keep fighting for that in Jesus' name. I want to read one final passage to you before we get into a time of prayer. And I want us all to be in some serious prayer today for this situation. I'm going to pray and Brother Todd's going to close us out with a final prayer as well. And we're going to pray in agreement today over this situation with the Supreme Court and over our land for God's work in our land to succeed, for God to, to bless this Supreme Court justice needs to be the perfect person. I don't know who it is, male or female. I don't know. I don't know what God's pick is. But right now, President Trump is in that place where he's making a decision. And it will be announced a week from tomorrow, from what I've been told. So we need to be praying for him, number one, this week, for the right person to be chosen. And then we need to pray that the gates of hell cannot prevail against this coming to pass because, listen to me, y'all, future generations, the next 40, 50 years are at stake for our children and our grandchildren. It's serious business. We're in a time, we have moved in our land from a time of enjoying our freedoms to now having to fight for them. Diane was telling me in the seniors' class this morning, she's, she's speaking on Nehemiah and when he was building the wall and all of that. And if you'll remember, he had to build with one hand and fight with the other one, did he not? It's time. we got to repair the altar of the Lord. we got to build. we got to advance the kingdom with one hand, but we got to fight with the other one because we're in serious, serious warfare. And it is time to rise up. So in regard to praying for this, I, wanna, I want you to pray this scripture with me also. The Bible says in, in Psalm 75, I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. It says this. Now I want you to notice what is not in verse 6. Okay? In verse 6 it says, For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Stop for a minute. That's only three directions. How many are there? There are four. Why in the north there? Because God sits in the uttermost north. Read the next verse. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. He sits in the north and he makes his decision. He's the one. He needs to be the one making this choice. He needs to be the one putting on President Trump the very person that needs to be in that spot to judge rightly in our land. He needs to hear from the Lord. Isaiah talked about hearing the Spirit of the Lord speak to you and say, this is the way, walk ye in it. He needs to hear that voice, that still small voice that Elijah heard. He's got all kinds of people talking in his ear. Get this one, get that one, get the other one. He needs to close out all of those and hear the word from the Lord. Because promotion comes from God, and we want his choice. So I'm asking you to pray with us right now. And Brother Todd will come up, and he'll close us out. But I want us to pray seriously. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you, as Esther did, she called for a fast. Now, I, I don't have, I, I'm not trying to take any position and overstep my, my authority here. So I, I, I'm going to ask you, 
consider taking a three-day fast this next week in some way. I can't fast for three days and three nights with nothing. I'm not able physically to do that. So I understand that there's limitations sometimes. But I want you to pray and see if there's something that God would have you do in this next week. Because our children, our grandchildren are at stake. The life for them is at stake. Not just whatever time we have left. But I know that God knows exactly who to put in that place. And it can be someone that will bless our generations to come. That is the will of the Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then Brother Todd will finish us out. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you. We thank you that you are the judge of all the earth. We thank you, God, that you have remembered my children. You have remembered my grandchildren. You have given great opportunity now for someone to rise to that position that can bring great good onto our land, that can no longer be a swing vote. Maybe he'll do this, maybe he'll do that, or she. But it can be someone who will be solid for the things of God and for the cause of right. God, I praise you. I thank you, God, that as we are standing for Israel, you are standing for us. I thank you, God, that you are having mercy on us, that you are giving us a reprieve for a season. I pray in Jesus' name you will wake up the church. You will help us to rise up and to take our position in this land, to take it seriously and to recognize we are in a war. And we don't have to be afraid because you said greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So, Father, help us to engage that enemy unafraid, just like David did. He ran to Goliath. He didn't fear back and, and pull back from him. He, in, he charged on him in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that you have given us the keys of the kingdom to bind on earth what needs to be bound, and it is bound in heaven, whatever we bind on earth, and whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I thank you, Father God, you have built us as the church of the living God, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And so, Father, right now, as a unit, we come together and pray in agreement. God, you know this situation. You know what our land, the direction that we have been in, but you know the will of God and where you can take us from here. You know what you want the church to do. We're on the eve and on the cusp of our final harvest, the greatest days of revival, the greatest days of harvest in our land and beyond around the world that we've ever seen. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will grant us the open doors that you have for us, those doors that no one can shut, because you hold the key of David, and you open the doors that no one can shut, and you shut the doors that no one can open. And I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you empower us to be bold and to be strong in these days. Let our hands not be weak. Let us be courageous. Let us engage the enemy. And let us fight for the kingdom of God's sake and for what is right in your sight. 
I pray, God, you will strengthen your people. And God, we right now lift up this need. Father God, you have, a, you have allowed this to come open. And I pray in Jesus' name that you know exactly who that person is that should rise on this scene. We are trusting that you do the promoting in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name you will help President Trump to hear the voice of the Lord above all other voices, that he won't even listen to his own in intellect. He won't even listen to his own thoughts, but he will hear what you have to say by your spirit. And Father, I come against the enemy in Jesus' name. We stand against the enemy. I thank you, Father God, that he is a defeated foe, just like they were singing earlier. You hold the victor's crown. You wear it. I thank you, God, you hold the keys. You have defeated death, hell, and the grave. You have defeated the devil on the cross of Calvary, and we praise you for that. And I thank you, Father, that we have the victory, and we fight in victory, and from a place of victory. On your behalf, empower us, God. Help us to know how to pray, how to fight on our knees, how to stand for what is right in Jesus' name, in your court, in your household, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that we pray united that you will do the promoting in this place, someone who will be good for our children and for our grandchildren, on and on and on. God, we thank you, God. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, God, that you've got in mind to stand bless America as we bless Israel you are blessing us and we praise you for that so God I entrust this to you and I thank you Father God that we don't have to fear the enemy but in Jesus name we rise against him you told us to submit to God resist the devil and he will flee from us and we do that in Jesus name right now we push him back in Jesus name and we thank you Father that as we rise up on our knees, and we pray and we fight for our land in Jesus' name, that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, and that the gates of hell itself cannot prevail against us. We praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. And just like Jehoshaphat, we say, we sing, and we praise you. Praise Yah, for the Lord is good, and his mercies endure forever. Praise Yah, for the Lord is good, and his mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for having mercy on our land. We thank you for having mercy on our people. We thank you for remembering your covenant and remembering our children and our grandchildren, God. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your name. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Let me just say this real quickly. If, if you look through history in the Bible, every time the church was persecuted, the, there was an influx in the church. Search it out in the Bible. In this country, it, the, the Christians in this country are being persecuted. So we need to be in prayer for the church. The church needs to be ready for what? The influx of people that's coming into the kingdom. Amen. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much, God. Lord, we just lift up, Father, the, 
the, the, the church that's this in this nation. Father, we call them to rise up, God, and become the people that you've called us to be. Father, Lord, we no more watering down the word, no more of, 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 of the things that, Father, that we've tried to, to push you out of. But, Father, we call forth the people right now to be and become the things and the people that you've called us to be. Father, we want to be the witness, the, 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 the Lord. We just want to be the people, God, so that people can see Christ in us and through us, God. Father, let your word go forth, God, in a mighty and a powerful way. And Father, I pray, Lord, that in these days, God, that we live in, that, Father, that, that people would see Christ in our life, God. Father, we just, Lord, we don't want to no longer just be going to church, God, but we want to be the church. We want to rise up and, and, be, and, and live in the calling, God, that you've called us to live in. And Father, no longer, no longer will we sit back, God, but Father, we would begin to, Get in our rightful place. Father, we'll not be ashamed of the gospel. But Father, we'll begin to get in your word and spend time with you and spend time in your word. And Father, get to know who you are and let the power and the anointing rise up on the inside of us, God. Father, so that we can win the lost. Win all those that are dying and going to hell. And Father, again, Lord, not just for this nation but for this world. And Father, we know that the time is short. And Father, we know that everything is coming to an end. And so, Father, I pray that we act quickly. And Father, Lord, that, Lord, that you would just begin to move, Father, in our lives, Father, so that we can just go forth and, and, and preach the gospel, Father, so that lives can be saved. And Father, I pray again, Lord, that you just continue to help us and let revelation, God, just flowing through us. Father, so that we can be sensitive to your Holy Spirit to, to know how to witness to those people around us. And Father, again, for this nation and for President, God, Lord, that, Father, that they would seek counsel from you. And Lord, not do the things, God, that we've done in the past, but God, we forget those things which are behind and move forward, God, into what you would have us to do, God. Father, we give this time and this place today in this service to you. Father, we'll, get, we'll do everything that we do, God, to, to lift you up and to give you praise and glory and to magnify you, God. Father, we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.